I have a little wine and my tongue just goes dumb. And the excuse right. the rest of the time is... Ah. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am your host, Melissa, and this is episode 105. If you remember your prime factorization skills from high school, you will know that that breaks down to 3 times 5 times 7, and 3 times 5 is 15, and so therefore, this is our seventh off-topic episode. Most of you know what our off-topic episodes are, but if you're new to our feed, here's what's happening this week. We edit all of our episodes heavily. We edit because we love you. We edit because Wendy and I often veer wildly away from the task at hand, much like ferrets with ADD. Drunk ferrets with ADD. And we know that most of those random ramblings are completely uninteresting. However, sometimes we clip out things that are fun enough to keep, so this episode is constructed entirely of the little pieces and bits that were sliced from the prior 14 episodes. The segments you are about to hear were recorded between October 2015 and February 2016. Aside from the voices of Wendy and myself, you will hear Noel Thingval, Kelvin Hatley, Pat Wick, Jerry Belich, and Monty, also known as Chris Bowlesby. Wendy's husband. And of course, there will be no rhyme or reason to anything you are about to hear. So, please enjoy our latest off-topic extravaganza. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of... (laughs) Start again. Welcome, dear listeners, to Xana's... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that never happens. (laughs) Never, ever, ever, ever. I remember... Back in, oh, the late 1990s, when Cabaret was back on Broadway and Alan Cumming was the, um, the ringmaster MC. character. The Joel Grey character. Joel Grey character. I remember watching the Tonys that year. I would have, I if I had a time machine, do you know how many <laughs> fucking Broadway shows I would see? Oh, I know. Other people are like, I'd go meet Jesus. No, no, I'd no, no. I'd meet no. Shakespeare. And I'm oh, like, no. I would I, see all of the I'd Broadway shows ever. I'd go see that ever. production of Cabaret, fuckers. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Helen Cumming as a Joel Grey character is amazing. So I was watching the Tonys on PBS because oh. that's about the only place that shows the Tonys. What the fuck? But anyway. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not they've anymore. The big, they've but it the was at the time. And um, they did one of the song and dance numbers. They they did the opening Life is a Cabaret thing with... Vilkommen. Um, Vilkommen. They did Vilkommen with Alan Cumming oh. on TV. <laughs> and it is filthy. <laughs> All he has to do is just drop his chin and look at you and suddenly everything he says is complete filth. It is. 
filthy and especially with ellen cumming like joel gray does it filthy but but ellen cumming is filthy like and- joel gray joel gray makes it clear this is not good yeah alan cumming makes it clear i am going to fuck you up the ass and you're gonna like it oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and <laughs> and they do this on tv and I'm watching this on PBS going, I am getting an education I did not plan for tonight. <laughs> and I'm watching this and I'm, I am fascinating. And uh, it, it ends and I'm impressed. And the next presenter on is Rosie O'Donnell. And Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> makes it clear. It's like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I am shocked by that. Let us move on. <laughs> oh, here's one for you. Oh, yes. When Norbert Leo Butts, yes, that's his real name. Norbert took, Leo Butts. He took over the role, uh, like either like about a year later or when it was starting to go on tour and they mm. wanted to promote that it was going on tour. He went on The Tonight Show. Oh, God. Or something similar like that. It was one of the late night shows, and did Vil- they did Vilcomen again, and oh. it's the same exact. And you're just like, why would you think that people? <laughs> that- oh my goodness! Theater that is just supposed ha- to be wholesome, Wendy. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that always drove me crazy when I when I was still like actively involved in theater and especially teaching theater was that. Things that we did, honest to fucking God, 50 years ago in the theater, mm-hmm. where people went to the theater and th- and this won awards and people loved it. And yet, if you were to talk about it in like regular every day or put it on TV or even make a movie about it, it'd be like fucking R-rated. Oh my God. I Children know. shouldn't see that. And it's like, we did ca- like... When we did, I was in a production of Cabaret that was the revival version after the whole Joel Grey revival. Mm-hmm. And we used to laugh about seeing people who would walk out during the opening number because they were so offended. <laughs> but, Cabaret, at same, Cabaret but at the same time. Cabaret is older than me. Yes. Cabaret is older than me. I am 40. <laughs> exactly. Like when I, I did a, I did a, I think I've told this story before. I did uh, an evening with some high school students. I was working with at a high school and we put together a whole evening of short clips and musical numbers from shows and, and different scenes from things. And I had one student do nothing from chorus line, which is from the Mm seventies. And she had to say shit. And I turned to the accompanist who was, who was a parent of people in the show of a student in the show. And so she was a good sounding board for, will this be okay if she says shit? And she said, yes, I think it will be fine. She only says it once. It is a pro and it is appropriate to the song. Okay. And then one of the other numbers I had two of my absolute best seniors do was a little priest from <laughs> Sweeney Todd, which is which, filthy, <laughs> which you know, was from the early 80s. So yep. at the time I did it, it was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, it's like, this was on Broadway. This won awards. This is not revolutionary at this point. This is 20 years old. And she said, it's fine that she says shit. I'll be honest. What I'm more disturbed about is that number because that's sick. 
And that is the point. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we do theater. Oh, Domhnall Gleeson is in it. Yay. My new favorite. He's so <laughs> sweet. What? Mm, I would kiss him. Mm, I would. Oh, you do. You're so cute. I'd treat him like my kitten. How Can you hear the just... purring? Wait, purr into the microphone. Yes, she hear? is. Oh, there you're purring. You're purring. Yeah. What a sweet one. Now, which one's purring? This is BB. It's B- this oh, is BB-8. Yeah, BB-8. She's our only one. That's right. I, as soon as I said that, I'm like, wait, I know better. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, but it's I sad. Have, I have very little sadness about Puka. I had her for 18 years, yeah. and it was time for her to go. And BB is nicely filling the hole. Yeah, she is. She's a love. Oh. Aww. Yeah, she's a snuggle pup. Oh, she's a snuggle boy. Oh, you boo. Aww. <laughs> We're recording this, yes? Oh, we are. <laughs> oh, we are. <laughs> Oh, she's biting my... Oh, you're so fierce. Oh, you're so fierce. What a tigress you are. Oh, mighty hunter. (laughs) You should find the YouTube videos and put them in the show notes so people know what we're referring to if they've never listened to Valley Girl by Frank Zappa. I love Zappa's Valley Girl. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right, though. It was huge for about... A hot minute. Yeah, and it and it wasn't actually a thing. It was kind of a manufactured thing. Oh yeah, like that was like, I was a teenager during that time. I was like fourteen. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, like fourteen. And um, I'd have to double check that. But it was a way that you established your credentials as somebody who knew what was going on. Was if you could like speak Valley Girl. Like, oh, I've heard the song. I know what you're talking about. This is hot right now. Oh my god, what are you pulling up, Melissa? I didn't pull up anything. My my phone suddenly decided to play the trailer for Valley Girl. <laughs> like, and I'm, like I'm like scrambling. Shut up! Gag me with Shut a spoon. Up. Totally. Totally. Oh my, I don't oh my, know that oh I've heard the Frank Zappa song. Are you kidding? <laughs> I may have, but it's not ringing the bell. Oh, uh, well, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll treat you guys. <laughs> also, if you've never heard the Dead Milkman sing Punk Rock Girl, that's mm-hmm. a charming song As well. Heard. Yes. Punk Rock Girl, please look my way. <laughs> I've seen them d- perform it live. Yay! Me too! I know. Ah, yay! <laughs> I saw them on their Beelzebubba tour. I was, I saw them, I think it was, what it was, two years ago, and I was with Bill Steitler and Kelvin Hatley. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> that was just the nerdiest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, two people standing around awkwardly while listening to punk rock. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine two more awkward people listening to punk rock, which makes it like extra awkward. <laughs> yeah, I totally like punk rock. This is cool. Yeah, I'm going to stand in the corner now. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Kelvin. I love you so much, man. You're my favorite. Kelvin's the best. He is. 
and mm-hmm. and Tim, our ringleader who uh, who gave me the Green River, is uh, as he calls himself, Mister Logistics, and so he always finds uh, like a whole chain of tourist things to do on Thursday that and people tag along with them. So, nice. and every year it's different. So this year was Lincoln Park Zoo. Like previous years, they've done like the Lazadro Museum, which is a lapidary museum yeah. uh or uh they've gone to see the shit fountain the uh the shit the fu- fountain. The, it, that's what it is i know I it's know. a fountain that looks like poop and okay, deliberately well, so uh, i i need to find a picture of that right now it I yeah know. chicago poop fountain or yeah google that yeah yeah it's, it, <laughs> it's basically a giant fountain shaped like a big pile of dog poop and you can you know get a drink of water from it Yep. Because there is actually like a water, you know, drinking fountain attached to it. Yep. Um, Google does recognize the phrase Chicago poop fountain. Yes. The poop fountain. Shit fountain, Chicago. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listeners, we will put a link in the show notes. It says shit fountain right on it. Yep. <laughs> like it says, it's labeled that. This mm-hmm. isn't like. Uh, you made something that looks like a poop. No, they intended to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Well, because people need a drink of water now and then. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> need to drink from poop. <laughs> I, I, I'm not parsing that sentence somehow. They, hmm. Nobody needs to drink from poop. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, oh, it's God, just, it's, there's so many wrong pictures. It's literally, it's literally just water. I mean, if it was like oh. dispensing, you know, chocolate syrup or something, that would be different. But oh, how no. did you make it worse? Oh God, <laughs> Chicago! I thought you were an art capital. Well, uh, of a art, sort. Art is in the eye of the beholder. Poop is not in the eye of the beholder. Oh no. Are you recording? I am recording. Are you recording? I'm recording. Did you spill another strawberry soda? No, I did okay. not. That was a cherry soda, but it cherry. was delicious. No, it was strawberry because I, I just edited that audio. <gasps> oh, that one. Oh, yeah. I spilled a lot of things on my computer, Noel. There, there's a reason why there is a... I remember is a, the episode a... where you spilled wine on it. <laughs> that was a different computer. It is currently <laughs> rusting in my basement. <laughs> light those cheekbones yeah. for me just put mm. put that shadow box in the right spot and just let me oh you know like you can ski off those things it's great but it's soderberg i need my soderberg harold ramus is totally my jam and what was interesting about this one was before i joined your movie nights and we did this was i was actually in talks with a few friends to do a podcast series called cusack and cage Oh my. Where we were going to go through the entire filmography of both Nicolas Cage and John Cusack. Oh God. <laughs> just because just because I thought looking at the two of them, the two of them do very similar movies. They have very interesting similar career paths. And there are a lot of roles that they do where you could see the other person in that role. Oh yeah. And then interesting. you have these two fascinating points of convergence. Con Air and Frozen Ground. <laughs> you start with one and you end on the other. And kind of adaptation, because Cusack has a cameo in that, but that's a bit boring. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and and huh, it's just, yeah. I don't know, it, it was just th- those two. I was like, we were going to do a podcast on Cage, and I'm like, what can we do that will add an- some extra flavor of that? Cusack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that That's what you call his career. It's a jail of cages. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my that's God. a collective ver- noun. Could that's you, a collective. Could you imagine a version of multiplicity? <laughs> 
Yeah, like I'm trying to picture like all the alternate universe versions of Cage. It would be a jail of cages. Yeah. Yeah. All of yeah. the characters Nicolas are, Cage played together are in jail and they have to figure out how to escape. Oh my god, that would that would be like so Zinzana, Melissa. <laughs> oh, dude. Like you get you'd get cr- oh, you could have cr- you could have crazy pants caster Troy and then um Charlie Kaufman. Lo- and then Charlie Kaufman, but then also John Travolta caster Troy, like in the same cage. But John Travolta the... is the warden. Oh. <laughs> and what nobody knows is that the warden has switched switched faces with one of the criminals. And then you get National Treasure <laughs> Nick Cage in there, and he's like, dudes, 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 this all, like, if you just study your history, man... What if what if they all just take turns switching faces with the warden and half the movie is just John Travolta playing all the Nicolas Cages? Oh. This is this is I don't even think we're pitching a movie here. We're pitching the best fever dream. <laughs> like I'm going to sleep well tonight. Like yes, this this is what I will dream Let's throw about. Throw back some cold medication. I have wine. It's the same thing. It, yeah, it kind of is. Especially the wine you selected, Wendy. Imagine if Gene John Malkovich was being Nicolas Cage. (laughs) I want that movie. Oh my god. Raise your hand if you want that movie. I want that movie. I want that movie. Oh my god, yes. Okay, who would be crawling inside his head? John Cusack. (laughs) Of course! John Travolta! John Travolta! I want John Travolta crawling inside Nick Cage's head. Or Nick Cage crawling inside John Travolta's. John Travolta can be the Cameron Diaz character. Ooh, I like Mm. it. Mm, And then we could still have John Cusack. Yes. All of this. Yes. Okay. I desperately want a movie with Quint from Jaws and Nicolas Cage in it. (laughs) What if Nicolas Cage eyes, the darkest eyes, the devil's eyes? What if Nicolas Cage is Quint? <gasps> okay, they could re okay, they can remake Jaws as long as Nick Cage plays Quint. <laughs> okay, Klaxon, Klaxon. I'll add Klaxons here. Did I ever tell you about my own personal fucked up double feature? Oh, what is yours? So Chris and I went out for an evening to do a double feature before we had a child. And uh, there were two movies out we wanted to see. We saw them in the wrong order. We started with Billy Elliot. (laughs) Oh. We finished with Requiem for a Dream. (laughs) (laughs) Because one of the other fucked up double feature nights, as you probably well know, was Requiem for a Dream paired with The Dish. (laughs) Dear listeners, if you've never seen The Dish, you should see The Dish. Actually, Requiem for a Dream is amazing, too. But The Dish is a delightful comedy about the moon landing. It's wonderful. It's delightful. It is heartwarming. Requiem for a Dream is a deep, dark movie about drug addiction. And it's fantastic, but you only want to watch it once. Exactly. Okay. So The Dish has got Sam Neill, and it's got Patrick Warburton. It's great. And it- and it's fantastic, and you should watch it as often as possible. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Go watch it. It's yeah. it's warm. It's a warm film. It's so sweet. It's 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 about the guys running the satellite dish that captured the moon landing in um, Australia. You know that sort of thing. 
Um, Requiem for a Dream is a brilliant film. And if you have never seen it, you need to. It is an amazing film that, like Melissa said, you only need to see once. Here's what's funny. My brother-in-law, Chris's brother, who's like, oh, you guys love film. So he, he bought us a double feature two-pack of Pie and Requiem for a Dream, which are both great films that I am never going to watch repeatedly. It's but the Darren Aronofsky twofer. It's like... Thank you for recognizing that I am a cinephile. However, you have failed to recognize that I never want to watch Requiem for a Dream again because I would die. I would kill myself. Not that pie is a delight either. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a movie where it ends with the character drilling a hole in his head by himself. But... He was trying, and so I didn't yeah. want to say anything to him about how you just picked the two most depressing movies ever. You know what? You know, I appreciate that he picked up two Darren Aronofsky movies. That That is fine. That is fine. It's better than really. nothing, right? It's he, better he than was, nothing. He was trying. He was trying. Right? He was, he was trying. trying. He didn't realize that I'm more in the happy-go-lucky, like, give me some Coen Brothers, give me a Coen Brothers two-pack. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. You won. A for effort. Exactly. I only had one Thanksgiving and it felt really weird. Are you okay? Oh, hey, did you get my email about road trip podcasting? Yeah, I did. I'm not sure how I'd make that work. Yeah, I don't know if it's like technologically possible. I don't think I can make that work just because, I mean, my computer would have no way to interface with the internet while in my car. Well, but see, here's what, this would be like super low tech and this, and so we could even like, here's a crazy, here's a crazy uh, episode or you, one off where who knows what the sound quality will be like, but like you're simply recording yourself talking in your car mm -hmm. and I'm recording me talking to myself maybe. here and we're just on the phone with each other. Maybe for Fantastic Fest one year, but not for Butnamathon because of snow on the ground. Fair point. Yeah. Ah. So, <laughs> although I could see myself doing a, um, so I started watching Twin Peaks <laughs> <laughs> for the first time ever. I've only seen the first two episodes. You know what? I'm super fascinated by it. So I'm going to continue as, you know, as far as I am able, you know, given how I am with TV shows. But I want to, I want to do like, Diane, make a note. <laughs> <laughs> like voice recorder things. Yes. I want to go full Agent Cooper. <laughs> yes. Diane, like I, make a note. I'm in the middle of Oklahoma. <laughs> like I feel like there is something about being on a road trip where I get so just I'm the miles are passing by and I'm not and I'm just listening to an audio book that I'm not really engaging in the scenery. But it so it would be nice to actually have something that was like like a travel log that forced me to go, like, I am going to stop every 30 minutes or as close to it and describe where I stop. Mm -hmm. Like something like that, like as a project. I just oh, yeah. kind of think it'd be sort of fun, especially if the road trip is part of going to a movie experience. I feel like it's still a tie-in, right? You can still make that. <laughs> it's close enough, right? It'd be like The Martian unedited, you know? It really would be. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I'll do is I'll just, you know, do my little travelogue, you know, recording on my phone from inside the car or something like that. 
But I feel I feel like actually having a conversation with somebody else that's like a good recipe for having a really bad car accident in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Okay, so so quick story, uh, since we're on the subject of the weather, and this will get cut out for a clips episode. During, I believe it was about 1994, there was one hellishly cold winter in Minnesota, like even colder than normal. And I was walking to class on the University of Minnesota campus when it was um, pretty much at the flash freezing point. It was that cold in the middle of Minneapolis. Yeah. And I made the mistake, you know, on the way to my classes, there was a hotel in the way and out of the back of the hotel was this big uh, plume of steam coming out of it from the laundry. And I walked past the back of the hotel through the cloud of steam and I went, oh, this is warm. Uh Uh-oh. And then I got to the other side of the cloud Uh-oh. and I ah. I froze my eyelids to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I could not close my eyes for a couple horrifying it's seconds. It's like a Doctor Who episode. Like people <laughs> suddenly these clouds of steam and people walk through and just have have like a sheen of ice over their face and can't breathe, <laughs> scratching at the smooth surface. I had to like dash into the electrical engineering building going, ah! I, I I really want you to have stopped and started singing, I don't know, Beethoven or <laughs> not the Ludwig von, not the Ludwig von. <laughs> it's my own homemade Ludovico technique. I think the best cold was a uh, story I can remember is one of our up north in the middle of the winter visits. Uh, it was it was in the like beyond negative sixty. Mm-hmm. With wind chill, um, it was it was at least negative forty actually, mm-hmm. and uh, we were getting ready to leave, but uh, the cars wouldn't start, unsurprisingly. Uh, and it turned out the batteries were just they just frozen solid, so we oh, had God. to take them out of the car. And I finally convinced my friends to stop trying to start the car, <laughs> so we were at least able to leave ever. Uh, and put him by the fire inside the cabin so we could slowly thaw them out before <laughs> heading out home. Oh, my God. Magical. Just magical. It's a magical time. It's a magical place. <laughs> it just feels like smuggery. Smuggery? And he, mentioning all the fantastic restaurants in Austin, like, it just feels like smuggery. It is. It's total like, hey, I live in this great town with an awesome food culture and all the and, restaurants are great. And amazing. if you don't live here, you can't have any. Yeah, like it's smuggery. Yeah. It is totally smuggery. So I got to think of something else. Something that has made me happy and joyful recently. Lawrence of Arabia. That of Arabia. That isn't the fact that it's October and I still haven't pulled out my long pants yet. God damn it. <laughs> it's so great. I love being warm. I really do. I can't. I could talk about the crickets, but that's not an awesome thing. That's a what the hell. The I can't wait to hear the. Yeah, August Texas not as exciting. <laughs> Although you could be like my grandmother, who eventually loved Texas so much that the Texas summers were just right, but the Texas winters were just bitterly cold. She did not put the air conditioning on in the middle of summer because she loved the heat. Okay, that's weird. I know. She's I'm, weird. I'm, I'm like, excited to turn the air conditioning off and open up the windows. 
Oh my God, the birds in Texas, they are loud. Like, loud. Like, I mean, I know we have birds in Minnesota, but I feel like the Texas birds are much more vocal. They're just like, hello, I want to talk to you about the things. I feel like they might be selling me Amway. <laughs> <laughs> They're so f- just like, birds, 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 wah, 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 birds, 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 wah, 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 wah. and I'm like, what the hell is with the birds? Jesus Christ, they need to calm down. It, it, it's disturbingly easy to go up to somebody in Texas and go, hi, I'd like to live in your house for like two weeks. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Come on. Side note, yeah. you can put this in the clips episode. So as I went out for a late night uh, meal with Cargill, he was telling me stories about how bad the cops used to be here and how great they are now and how it was changed by a police chief. I forget how many years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, but this police chief was super cool. But one of the things, and I love this, one of the things he told his officers is, if it is clearly for personal recreational use, do not give them a ticket. We have better things to do mm-hmm. unless it, they are being a public nuisance or endangering. Just don't. And like down on Dirty Sixth Street, when <laughs> cops would be down there, he was like, you guys need to be a part of the party. You need to be the sober driver at the party who's there and wants everybody to have a good time, but just stay safe. You can't be a buzzkill. Mm-hmm. Here's a cop that gets it. That's how you police. Like, okay, come on, you're token up, that's fine, but could you not do it under the window here so they, they don't want to smell it in their apartment? <laughs> okay, yeah, officer, I'll move. It's cool. Although apparently <laughs> Cargill and a bunch of people, they don't like to call it hate watch because they didn't go in, into it to hate it. They went into it to love it. They went to see the choice to as a comedy. Oh boy. Wow. They went to see the choice to laugh at it. And they're like, and I'm like, so you hate watching? He's like, I didn't hate it at all. It was great. We had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they basically Jupiter ascending it. Awesome. Good times. <laughs> Damn. Mm, beans. <laughs> <laughs> For many years, I've had a, uh, a subscription to American Scientist, which is kind of like uh, Scientific American, only a little bit more just, you know, geared towards scientists actually reading the magazine. It's not Wait, like popular there's science. American Scientist and there's the Scientific American. And yeah. they're two different things. They're two completely different things. Um, American Every- Scientist is run by uh, like a science-based fraternity. I can't remember what the call letters of the fraternity are, but um, I've, I've had a subscription for like 15 years and I absolutely love it. But there was one issue, I think it was last year, I was reading one of the articles and it was, I can't remember, but it was like comparing something to Michael Bay explosions. And there was an actual graph showing the correlation to Michael Bay explosions. And I went, who wrote this? And it turned back, it was Andy. (laughs) Andy wrote it. (laughs) So literally... I went to Buttonumathon that year. It's like, man, I got to shake your hand. You got Michael Bay into a graph (laughs) in American Scientist. I am so impressed. (laughs) I fucking love our, I love the people I know. Um, Andy goes by Copernicus on Ain't It Cool because he does sometimes review movies on Ain't It Cool News. 
I just don't like Alex Proyas films very much. I, in general. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disagreeing I, with you, but I find this movie nonetheless entertaining. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I'm not trying to take your joy away from you. It's just, you know, I it it did not sing to me very much at all. But, I mean, I, I do realize that, you know, Alex Proyas movies just tend, in general, to fall not very well with me. Um, so. The four biggest Alex Proyas films are Knowing... <laughs> big quote quote yeah i robot which, which is wasn't better. bad but it had a clunky script oh god yeah. i hated i robot <laughs> it, yes but it's it is smarter than you think it is from looking at the trailer I, I robot had the same problem as i am legend in that both had final drafts by akiva goldsman the guy who wrote batman and robin yep oh and, sweet jesus and because he was also the producer of the films they had to use his script which is why you fucking don't use Akiva Goldsman, dipshits. Well, but, the unfortunate thing is he controls the properties and he controls the studio and is now going to be the head writers of the tran- he's now going to be the head writer of the Transformers franchise. Well, the Transformers franchise has been shit for quite a while, so that's not like anything we should be surprised about. <laughs> but anyway, iRobot is smarter than the trailer made it look. I'm not saying it's good. Clunky is a good word for it. There's a lot of good it was ideas well there. There's a lot of good ideas there, but they couldn't like pull it all together. Um, also, but the two big ones he's known for: The Crow and Dark City. And Crow, I need to. I haven't rewatched that one since I was a teenager. But Dark City has always been a big film for me. That came out right at my high that high school age. Oh, Dark City is beautiful. Yeah, see, Dark City should be everything I like, and I don't like it Aww. at all. <laughs> I, I don't, don't love it. I'm with you, Melissa. I don't love it. I don't I don't think it misses as far as it does for you. But mm-hmm. it's just, you know, there I think it's pretty, mm-hmm. but ultimately I think it misses oh, yeah. it's it a lot a of surface and, without yeah. depth. Yeah, well, it's yeah. cold. Yeah, the pro- the problem I have with Alex Spurrier's films in general is that the plot drives the characters instead of the characters driving the plot. Nicely phrased. <laughs> See, but in something like iRobot, I don't have a problem with that because it is a situation happening that the characters are reacting to. Same with knowing. Well, but I mean, I feel like the 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 writer said, hey, I've got a plot. Now let's put characters in it. But Yeah, but I don't mind that, that for disaster movies. The, yes, the, I love a disaster movie so much. But the, but the thing is, is the, the great thing about disaster movies is you have a great backdrop for great character interaction. And yes, the, the disaster is a star, but I feel like it's not much more than special effects unless you have you know, character interactions that you're actually engaged in. Okay, which brings, which means I should, once again, as always, plug The Wave. Um, that was a, great. A Nor- Norwegian film. Noel, you got to find this thing. You're going to fucking yeah. love it. You're I know, I remember fucking love it, telling me about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, The Wave, Norwegian, yeah. find it, watch it. All right, anyway. I assume all of this is cutting room floor. Yeah. Unless we get into a really fascinating discussion while Wendy's peeing. Ooh, a discussion about Wendy's peeing? We could. <laughs> we could, could happen. The stories, the stories. We could even make them up. <laughs> and considering it's Wendy, like, they wouldn't believe us. <laughs> oh, shit, she's coming back. Is that Melissa? It is Melissa. Hi. If, you, if you speak into the microphone, she can hear you. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Monty. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, you know. I'm just a guy. Sometimes I wear clothes. You know, 
They go on my body. That's where I put them. <laughs> You're so odd. <laughs> Do you want to say hi to Jerry? Hi, Squeegee. Jerry, I love you. I miss I love you, you so much. Give me, give me kisses. He can't hear you, by the way, Jerry. Here. Maybe if you talk loud. It just sounds like you're like licking something. I'm licking you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a very interesting scene from my perspective. <laughs> I can't meal tuna to people. We showed Teddy three new movies over Thanksgiving. We showed oh my God. her uh, The Secret of Nim. Mm. Which Good she liked. choice. Yeah. Um, She's been obsessed with uh, Escape to Witch Mountain, the classic one, oh, as good. she ought to be. Um, we showed her another new one, and I can't remember, but the last one that I showed her was The Secret Garden. And oh. that one was such a success because it's such uh, um, a very 1800s classic children's story that the tone, structure, and pacing is so different from movies now that from stories now that even a movie version of it is a little it feels very different mm -hmm. so we're about halfway through and we're watching it and Teddy's just like mom I don't I don't understand what's happened nothing is really happening mom <laughs> and I'm just like well and I paused and I sort of recapped like well you know she's not very happy and this person isn't very happy and blah 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 let's just see what happens and by the end of the movie she's like oh I love that movie. Can we watch it again? Yay. So successful parenting. Yes. Getting you my win. Getting my daughter to just appreciate a different style of story. Like, because I know from having taught middle schoolers that if you don't get kids to branch out, then they become very rigid about like, oh, I don't like it. It's black and white. Oh, I don't like it. It's too slow. Oh, all they do is talk. Like... I want to get her at a very young age used to different types of experiences. So, mm -hmm. go me as a parent. Yay. Yay. All right. Moment of silence. Fest isn't being silent. <laughs> so, a uh, moment of silence. <laughs> That's not silent. Galactic Empire. <laughs> Okay, are you okay. ready? Are you ready to clap? I'm ready. All right, okay. ready. Five. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a new mega cut. This will be a new super cut all the time as we count it. Okay, Melissa, I'm all ready right. to clap. All right, we're going we're gonna to clap. We're drunk and we're going to clap. We're going to clap after the one. After the one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Yay. That was beautiful. That was lovely. That that was the best we've synchronized. That. I think so. Okay. Um, moment of silence. Moment. <gasps> and scene. And I did not even pick up my wine for fear of making a noise. <laughs> oh. You ready for the clap? Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> I Hold on. Are you ready for the clap? It's like, are you ready for the gonorrhea? No. <clears throat> All right, we're ready. Um, we need to do the clap. Um, to, we've to got sing. to get the clap. Yeah, we we got to get the clap. <laughs> All right, All right, five, four, three, two, one. All right, pretty good. That's cool. a pretty good one. Yeah, and I approve. Okay, a. moment of silence. Let me say it. I get to say it. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Moment of silence. All right. 
going to point out Melissa still had to get the last word in on that one. Did we notice that? Did we notice that? All right, then we should clap. All right. So fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're confused. This is not helping. You are not helping. <laughs> right. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a big help. <laughs> Five. Oh, four. shit. <laughs> so Monty and I uh, just had our 13th wedding anniversary. Oh, my God. Thir- no, 12th. Pardon me. Dozen. It's an even dozen. Still. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So as we are out for the evening, um, Chris, of course, is like, obviously... I would be Bert and you would be Ernie. <laughs> uh, yes, we can both agree. Uh, you would, I would be 3PO and you would be R2, yes. And he's like, but in terms of Muppet Show Muppets, would I be, and I'm like, oh, you're Fozzie Bear. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I would have thought Scooter. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're, you're, you have terrible, you tell terrible jokes, but you're warm and you're fuzzy and you really do try. And he's like, well, then who does that make you? Miss Piggy? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm Kermit. I'm the one in charge and kind of frustrated by it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you agree with that, but I do. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I always figured I was Sweetums. Jack not <laughs> name, Jack job. <laughs> I kind of almost feel like you might be a, a little bit gonzo. I might be a little gonzo. I might be a little Sam the Eagle. I might be both. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. Mm. But like, because you will just do any crazy art project that somebody proposes with, with a half a grain of seriousness. True. Very true. I might be gonzo. I'm the, I don't know anything about movies. I just like them. I don't know nothing about watching no movies. Well, Melissa and I have only just recently established that we are besties. We are besties. Besties. We're movie besties. We're movie besties. Which makes me want to go on Facebook and be like, what are your categories of besties? (laughs) Melissa's my movie besties. Chris is, of course, is my life besties. Mm -hmm. And Pat is my bestie bestie. And then I have my, like, convention besties, which is, like, Mike Lee. And um, then I have my, like, uh, comic book geeky besties would be, like, Jones. Mm -hmm. And my theater besties would be, like, Tim. Mm. Right? Right. Who would be your derby bestie? That'd be Skinny and Coli and Wookiee. All of them. <laughs> well, yeah. It's team. a derby. Well, it makes sense. It's the team. Team. Team, best. team besties. So there I am at Seth and Lori's bachelor party. And Lori, as I'm sitting, I think on her lap, is declaiming to somebody else, here's why I chose Wendy as one of my bridesmaids. Because I know if I ever end up in jail, all I need to do is call Wendy. And Wendy will be like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to break you out or defend you? (laughs) Either way, I'm set. I can do either one for you. And I looked at her and I thought, yeah, that's pretty accurate. And that's why I love you, Melissa. You do the same thing too. I could call you up at three in the morning and you'd be like, what? And I'd be like, Melissa, I really need you to hop a bus to Austin right now because there's a thing and I need you here. And I wouldn't even have to explain and you'd be like, oh, okay. Okay. Just hold on. I got to like take a shower. And then Melissa would be on a bus. I need my underwear. I want some underwear and maybe a (laughs) snack. I'd like a snack.
Chris and I had an idea when we were out for dinner for our honeymoon. Because I'm drunk. It's always a honeymoon. It, Chris and I live in a perpetual honeymoon. It's mm-hmm. true. Our anniversary. So Chris had the idea of doing a Swede version of Boondock Saints. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Melissa, where all the parts were played by children. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have you substitute all the swearing with, like, appropriate child swearing. So picture the one scene and just poop. <laughs> poop. Oh, poop, poop, poop. Well, it certainly illustrates the diversity of the word. (laughs) (laughs) And so we want two girls to play the two twins Mm -hmm. simply because Teddy would be great at it because Teddy can do an Irish accent. Oh, my. (laughs) We just were like, who else do we know who has small children that might be reasonably okay in front of a camera? (laughs) Shit, I have to breed fast. (laughs) I've been inside the Rock of Gibraltar. Wait, there's an inside to the Rock of Gibraltar? It's hollow. It's hollow. I can't handle this. (laughs) This is not fair. This is not fair. (laughs) Fuck you, Melissa. All right. That was an experience. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. Seriously, though, I did research on on, the movie 1776 and the movie um, 2012, because I wanted to be prepared for our other episode. We can do that some other day. If you guys yeah. do that without me, go ahead. It, it, it's not a bad idea. The problem I'll... is, is if you do a movie with me about dates, we will fill a calendar. I know we will. Yes. Also, I don't really want to talk about 1492. Even reading the Wikipedia article, that sounded like shit. It was an okay movie, but it wasn't that great. No, it sounds like shit. Oh, I've I've seen that. Mm. Oh my god, just bleh. it was just bland. Yeah. Hi, I'm a Spaniard, so let's cast Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. What? Well, it was supposed to be Marlon Brando. Oh, that makes it better. <laughs> in in one sense. Okay, I'm, seriously, I'm seriously, picturing guys. Marlon Brando as a naked Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Listeners, if you've never, oddly, one of the best World War One memorials I've ever seen is in Kansas City, Missouri. Really? Yeah. They have turned um, what is the Liberty Memorial, which used to be a gay hangout when I lived in Missouri. Really? When I lived in KC, that's where all the, it was like, oh, that's where all the gays hang out. It is now one of the most amazing, interactive, and emotionally effective World War One memorials I have ever experienced. So, listeners, there you go. Go to KC, go to the Liberty Memorial, and have that experience, and it will make you cry at least once, almost <laughs> guaranteed. You could just stick Hitler in a corner. That's it's basically fine. it. You could have had him in the corner with the whole "Hey, we're taking him over to shake his hands" and have Goebbels step. Everybody in knows who Hitler is. In race, when he uh, Jesse Owens first goes into the stadium and the 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 Hindenburg flies over, yeah, there was an, an it, well, old... it's not the Hindenburg. It's a it is a a dirigible. Pretty sure it said the Hindenburg. I didn't I didn't notice that. Maybe it is, but I was just like, oh look, it's a dirigible. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it said the Hindenburg. But the couple behind me 
gets into a small argument as to whether or not the Hindenburg was going to blow up at the stadium or not. <laughs> wow, that would have been a really exciting Olympics. Well, one of them no was... No wonder Jesse ran so fast. <laughs> one of them was like, oh, I didn't know that happened here. It's because it didn't. It happened in New Jersey. It happened in New Jersey, but I wasn't going to get involved in this conversation. <laughs> I figured it would just be. And finally, they're like, well, well, let's just watch to see. I'm like, yes, let's just watch to see. <laughs> yes, let's just watch. And there's, I don't suppose there's a spoiler in this because it didn't explode in the 1936 <laughs> Olympics, just so you know. Oh, yeah. In Berlin. In Berlin. In Berlin. <laughs> On top of Hitler. <laughs> No. It's not a Tarantino movie. But I was going to say, a Tarantino would <laughs> Although do Although Tarantino missed an opportunity. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, I feel like if Tarantino could hear this right now, he'd be like, shit. Damn it. <laughs> oh. So obvious in retrospect, man. That's irony, man. That's irony. <laughs> Because right. let's, at, let's at all picture point... Brad Pitt's character piloting the Hindenburg into <laughs> Hitler. All right, I got a, a and he might as well be like stalked by dinosaurs. Yes. And I, yes. I, got, I got a question, Wendy. Who gets more uh, bullets in their body, Hitler or Justin Bieber in Zoolander 2? Justin Bieber. Okay, I was curious because there's a lot of bullets going on in the. In no, because the Hitler, you want you want a big explosion. Right. Depending on the tone of the movie, if we're going for an Inglorious Bastards, yeah. you want a big explosion. If we're going for something more legit, like maybe more race, then you'd probably want more like a knife, knife to the heart. Yeah. See, Hitler. personally, I would want something where I could confirm kill, you know, whereas an explosion, it's like, uh, you never know unless you actually find the body in there after it's done burning. Right. Yeah. yeah. But then that leads nicely into the boys from Berlin. True. Ah, ah. Yeah. Which is, you know, a film that has gotten lost in the haze of time and is. Boys from Brazil? Yeah. You said Boys from Berlin. She did. I understood I what apologize. she meant, though. Okay. I'm a phasic. I, <laughs> I accept it. I, I, I don't know what's coming out of my mouth half the time. Jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. Right here. I'm doing jazz hands for you, listeners. There are jazz hands happening. <laughs> what? I'm singing and there's jazz hands. Everybody take a drink. Take a couple. Oh, I've, I've had so many drinks, Wendy. I know, but we've forgotten about the drinking game. Like there's jazz hands happening and I'm singing. That's like a double. That's a twofer. Oh, I, I have had those drinks. And I've had spirit fingers going on too. Yeah. I've had my spirits. Ah, uh, I also saw a trailer for Independence Day. What? The Independence Day sequel. <gasps> what? Did you not know? Oh, no. What? What? Has the world gone mad? It's got Jeff Goldblum in it. Shit, man. That's all you need to say. I have to admit the trailer is fully in line with the original Independence Day. Who's directing? I didn't notice. Mm. I didn't notice. Mm. This like is it important. Could be a problem. This is important. Give me a second. Independence Day two. I am wow drunk. How's that going for you? My face is numb. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay. Um. <clears throat> Independence Day. Who is directing it, Melissa? Roland Emmerich. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. I know, right? <laughs> oh, God. 
Melissa, we may have to see. We have to see that one together. Yes. We have to see that one together, yes. and we have to pregame. Oh my God! When is it? When is it being released? Holy shit! You may need to come down to Austin so we can I go might. to the Alamo and like drink our way through that movie. Good lord! Oh my God! I just looked it up on IMDb in the description. Two decades after the first Independence Day invasion, Earth is faced with a new extrasolar threat. But will mankind's new space defenses be enough? I know, right? Space defense! Oh my god. There were, there, I'm not telling you anything that's not in the trailer. Oh my god, Liam Hemsworth is in it! Yes. <laughs> William Fitchner. Yes. <gasps> Jeff Goldblum st- Jeff Goldblum stands on the moon. <laughs> Judd Hirsch? What? He was in the original, uh, don't you remember? No, but he's in the he's in the new one. <gasps> yeah, but Will Smith is not unless I don't know, I didn't look it up on IMDb is Will I don't Smith. See him. I don't see him. It's all right. It's all right. It's all I right. I feel like I, Will Smith is passing up an opportunity to be awesome. I know, right? No, William Fitchner. I'm oh, William Fitchner, man. Oh, you gotta watch the trailer. You gotta watch the trailer. Uh, like, you should link to it in the show notes, too. Oh my god. Can you turn off that light now? It's so bright on my drunk eyes. It's so bright. <laughs> Back when Maybe. the suburban world was still open in Uptown. Yeah, three theaters within a block. Yes. I, I saw some, like, I got to see Elizabeth and Shakespeare in Love as a double feature on Lovely. the same day. Wow. It was Lovely. pretty fantastic. It really was. Nice. I got to see Shakespeare in Love at the Suburban World in that amazing setting. I miss that theater so much. It's so fucking gorgeous, listeners. Okay, dear- the Suburban World, the interior is this facade like you're in a colonnade or a... Yeah, yeah. okay. The Suburban World was an old art deco theater, right? Yeah. So, yes. and, and it's it's in uptown Minneapolis, so south of downtown. And it's a single screen theater where um, it it looks like you're in like this Moorish garden. Yes. Yeah. With an open sky above you. Spanish a cloister. Moor. A cloister. That's a cloister. The Spanish and, Moor. And, and when you watch a movie, they would turn out the lights, but have this projector projecting on the ceiling clouds and stars. So the clouds very would subtle. gently move. Would very gently move. subtle. So it looked like you were watching a movie under the open sky. It was, and it was amazing. Beautiful. It, it was one of the most beautiful things in the Twin Cities. It's where I saw Billy Elliot. It's where I saw Shakespeare in Love. And it was a glorious thing. The, the theater is still there. It's shut down. Isn't it gutted? I, I really I don't want to hear about that. Oh. I don't want to hear about that. It's going to bring me down. It's going to bring me down, man. It's going to bring me down. I don't, want to, I don't want that. Okay. Let's talk about war where people die. That'll be a happy thing. War! War! What is, is it good, good for? for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Sing it again, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> or War from Pippin. Glory and War. Glory, glory! But um Pelvic thrust. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... Yes, it is. It's fucking yeah. Bob Fosse. Glory, glory! And Ben Vereen. Yes, it is. <laughs> If you have never watched Pippin, go seek out. It, it's on video, and it's Ben Vereen and William Cat, the greatest American hero, and it is ninety percent true to Fosse's original vision. Those are things I would never have smashed together in my brain. Have you not seen? 
I've never seen Pippin. Okay, oh. put it on the list. Okay. Put it on the list. Zan has seen a weekend. I will show you fucking Pippin. Okay. It is awesome. Oh, I, I can't is still wait to watch. Awesome. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> I sh- I showed her Kiss Me Kate where she got to see Bob Fosse's film like yes fuck oh my god she's like you're right what the hell I'm like yeah I know right <laughs> a minute and a half of that was completely unexpected yes that's a game changer a game changer I remember like two penises eight in- 18 inches apart you had to be at the sci-fi erotica panel for that one so <laughs> Melissa's face, which I assumed was mirrored on mine. <laughs> when we did the sci-fi erotica panel at Convergence, one of the things we read was Wet for Nessie. Yes. And there is a point where one girl is having sex on one of Nessie's peni, and another girl comes up, and so Nessie is like, hello, here's a second penis. And by the way, all of us, while we were reading this aloud around the campfire at Banger Camping Weekend, we're like, whoa, game changer. <laughs> and it says specifically they're 18 inches apart. And then it starts talking about how one girl decides that she's going to give a little oral action to the other. They're 18 inches apart. Exactly. Melissa is doing some math and like what? 18 in- what? in a triangle. Like, like I'm, and they're facing each other, each on a penis, 18 inches apart, up and down, right? Listeners, the gestures are amazing, (laughs) right? And then one girl's like, I'm going to give you some oral action while you're on this, you know, sea creature's penis. Like, there's no way 18 inches is going to work. Then, by the way, the the tail comes in. If you had been at the sci-fi erotica panel, (laughs) all of this would have been discussed. Good to know. You should be at If there was just more distance, that would just make it okay. Yeah, that would be okay, but 18 inches isn't no, enough. 18 inches is You not should enough. be at the Sci-Fi Erotica panel next year at Convergence because I have been assured it is going to happen again. Oh, and hopefully in a bigger room. That was insane. <laughs> I tried to sneak in there for about five minutes when I had the time, and it was... People were stacked like cordwood to make sure they were in there. They were on each other's laps, and it was really crazy. Well, people had a really good time at the panel. We got no negative comments. Hopefully the people who were offended were offended by other things more. So it didn't even hit their radar. How could you be offended with skinny doing the, the, she would do the interpretive art. She's like, wait, what? And then she'd draw it real quick on the overhead. Like, here's the Tetris blocks having sex with you. (laughs) It was amazing. She's like, yeah, I spent $90,000 getting an art degree, a graphic arts degree, so I could draw you Tetris box having sex with people. I'm just thinking that would be really pointy and uncomfortable. It was very strange erotica. That's all I have to say about that. Edge is not good. Edge is not good. Yeah, there's a a lot of like... Corners, mm -mm. mm-mm. No. And actually, you know... No. Also, yeah. the S piece. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A monkey stole my donut. What trailers did you get before yours? Um, I got uh Fifth Wave. Which one? Which one's that? Oh, that's the one with Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Yes, it is Chloe Grace Moretz, and I got the new Star Trek movie. <laughs> Which, oh my god, it's like Fast and Furious in space. 
Yeah, that's my problem. You know what? I I have seen so many people go, oh my God, it's like Fast and Furious in space. And I'm like, I know, isn't it great? <laughs> I'm like the only person. I think this movie is no, aimed to not. me. No, I'm serious. It's like, Justin Lin, oh my God. It's gonna, it's gonna be like punching space sharks or something. I don't care. <laughs> I am on board for this shit. <laughs> it'll be I, a hot I'll... mess but it'll be a hot mess that is aimed at me and i will fucking love it <laughs> you go girl you have a great i yeah. you know i will i am still i am still excited for the movie mm, mm-hmm. but just watching the trailer i'm like ah that's not a good trailer <laughs> it's going I to was... sabotage oh my god that's a hot mess <laughs> exactly it's a hot mess it's a oh hot god. mess and i haven't seen furious 7 I'm, so I, am... I can't get excited in the same way like oh, maybe Jesus. if i had seen all the fast and furious by now i would be excited in the same way so i was mm-hmm. distracted just by wow that's that's really not a good trailer and that's certainly not a star trek trailer it, it is not your father's star trek that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I got into a little bit of an argument online with people because I felt a little, um, when I was like, I don't think it's a good trailer. And whoever did that, they had one job, which was to make me want to see the movie. And that trailer, like, they didn't do a good job. It's like, <laughs> well, are you going to be a hater? It's like, I'm not being a hater. It's, it's not a very good trailer. I'm still planning on seeing the movie, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that trailer didn't work for me and I don't think I was alone but it did work for others it worked for you good for no, you yeah, I, I might be the only person I, I and I'm fine with that <laughs> it's like this movie this movie might be a glorious hot if, mess oh my god if they could have oh. car crashes in space for this you is, you would this be this is so going to be the Philly cheesesteak of Star Trek movies <laughs> Oh, good for you. Like, like all the previous Star Trek is like foie gras and all that good stuff. I don't know. But no, this is going to be like, give me all the fat and all the shit that's not good for me. And it's going to be glorious. And then after I'm done, I'm going to feel awful about myself. But I don't care because I'm in for this. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hold my head up on my table now. (laughs) (laughs) It's your fault. You did this to me. I'm an enabler. So good. Yeah, you're the sober one now. Oh my god, this is a turnabout. Oh, the tables have turned. I'm going to pour some more. I'll I'll join you in a minute. We need to wrap this up. Melissa, this is your what you you gotta wrap Oh, oh my god, we are oh, so shit, drunkening. Man. God, we need we are like embarrassingly drunk. Good so god. I, I listeners, I changed my iPhone settings to where drunk would turn into drunkening. <laughs> and drunk would drunkening I don't remember. Drunk, drunk turns to drunk. I know that. Drunk turns to drunk. Because I told you how to do that. And drunking, drinking turns to drunkening. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So we got drunk on there. Drunk. Oh my God. Melissa is a bad influence. If you've been following along, you already know this. Oh, it's yeah. all, it's Melissa's fault. It's not mine. I'm, I'm completely innocent. I think we're enablers to each other, Wendy. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> mm. it, it's, we're catalysts to each other. Yes. There's catalysis going on.
Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Dinosaurs, robots, pointy, fuzzy, crunchy, ropes, uh, nooses, uh, scythes, uh, fun ways medieval people used to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>